So when you think about Jesus' words on missions, what do you think about? I don't know where to go with this topic, but um, yeah. That was my first thought too. How about some more? Pray there for tomorrow the harvest. Okay. So, this evening I'm going to talk about some things that we can do as missionaries and some things that Jesus did as a missionary. So Jesus accomplished what we couldn't. He was charged by God to come down on earth and accomplish the mission, right? We would agree with that, right? So, and for that reason, when we talk about missions, we should set our life beside the life of Jesus, which we do that on a daily basis, I think. So why Jesus, and where did Jesus come from? That's a question. Where did Jesus come from? Can you answer that? From heaven. From heaven. That's right. I like that. John six forty two to forty four, and they said. Is not this Jesus, the son of, son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus, through, Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, remember that. No man comes to the Father except through Jesus. No man can come to me except the Father draw him. Now, we're going to go to John 14, 6, where it says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. So we have, they're, they're one. You can't separate them. And we know that. <clears throat> God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are a team. So John 6, 27. For he hath God the Father. For him hath God the Father sealed. Which let's talk about Jesus. Sealed means designated. God appointed Jesus to be the Savior and Redeemer. And we know that from Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him and stricken him, smitten him of God, and afflicted. See, God authorized and commissioned him as such. God approved him by the descent of the, of the Spirit on him, and by a voice from heaven declaring him as the beloved Son, and that's in Matthew 3.17. So why Jesus and why missions? Unless we can answer those two questions, can we even understand the need of Jesus and the need of telling people about Jesus? Why Jesus and why missions? <clears throat> First, we are lost without Jesus. And so is everybody else. So we accept Jesus and tell people about Jesus, right? 
<clears throat> Jesus was aware of his purpose even from a young age. Do you remember what happened in Jerusalem when Joseph and Mary were trying to find Jesus? What was Jesus' response? Must be about my father's business. That's right. At a young age, he knew his mission. That's in Luke 2, 49. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I'm about my father's business? Right. Jesus' birth and life and death and resurrection was a mission accomplished by God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So, to understand what is Christ-like and what is missions, we will discuss a bit what is not Christ-like and what is not missions. So, a story about two men. There was two men. One was poor and the other one was rich. The rich man was consumed with his riches and enjoyed his riches to the fullest every day, while the poor man couldn't even get by life. The poor man was so hungry and wished he could have the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. And yes, the poor man lay at the rich man's driveway with a lot of sores. Then the dogs came and licked his wounds. Eventually the poor man died and went to heaven. Eventually the rich man died, who was consumed with his riches, and went to hell. They both died. How did the young man, how did the... Uh Poor man get to heaven. Okay. Doesn't say that about the other one. Okay. He was carried there by the angels. That's right. That's correct. When the rich man, who was now poor, was in hell and in fire, he looked up and saw the poor man, who was now rich and enjoying the splendor of heaven and sitting on Abraham's bosom. This is a sad story and a very sad picture. But think a little bit. What took the rich man to hell? Himself. Okay. Or the lack of Christ. Okay. Pride. Pride. So why is he called the rich man? Because the poor man went to heaven and sat on Abraham's bosom. And Abraham was very rich when he was on earth. We're talking about two different riches here. That's right. But they both had a lot of silver and gold. The rich man and Abraham. <clears throat> According to Luke 16, the rich man did not talk to Lazarus on earth. Neither was he kind. And neither was he thankful. And he was very selfish. So those are four big sins, if you will. I know we don't have big sins, but still. Those are four sins that the rich man had. Selfishness not thankful and not kind and didn't want to talk to him. Cut communications. 
You see, it's hard to be a missionary when you're snobby, or when I'm snobby. It's hard to be a missionary when I don't talk. It's really hard to be a missionary when you're selfish. It's almost impossible to be a missionary when you're not thankful. The four great sins. <clears throat> you see, the rich man was consumed with his own things and was not interested in the things of God. I think Abraham was not a perfect man, but he believed in God. Now consider what the Bible says in the first 25 verses in Genesis. It's talking about the animals and how God created the world. All the rest of the Bible is about God and humanity. <coughs> how we can get to heaven, how we can worship God, just goes on and on and on. God and humanity. Down through the ages, people would lots rather take their sins to the grave than to the cross. What does this have to do with missionary work? Well, what does it not have to do with missionary work? See, the reason we do missionary work is because of what Jesus did for us. And we want to make sure other people are right with God too. It's a life and death situation. The rich man got that attitude while she was the wrong place. That's correct. Worried about his brothers. Mm -hmm. I know what my brothers here. Amen. Yeah. It is rejecting the mission that Jesus accomplished that will take people to hell and nothing else. You see, it's the X. It's accepting Jesus' mission that He accomplished for humanity that will take us to heaven, heaven and nothing else. Turn your Bibles now to Matthew 25, and let's take a little look at one of the greatest missionaries in the Bible. Matthew 25, and starting in the verse 34, and I'll read till 40. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. I think that's an amazing story. I think these are the biggest missionaries in the Bible. Who are they? Answer, who are they? General public. The general people? That believe. 
What's that? For Christians. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and humble people, because these, you know, God can use best the people that are humble and are not even realizing that they, I mean, yeah, they're not even realizing that they're doing good deeds. They're not doing them to be seen and other people are recognized. Mm -hmm. That's right. Or like Nathan just said, ordinary people doing ordinary things. That's right. I, I look at these people as very much led by the Spirit. Spirit-filled people. Following the Holy Spirit and doing what is right every day. Just every day. I mean, it's amazing. I think that story is amazing. Well, I think that has to be right, and that has to be everybody's heart before God can even use you, even even in bigger things, so speaking, mm -hmm. right? I have said already that if it wouldn't be for people, we would have a whole lot less problems. <laughs> are problems but that's why Jesus died and that's how these people these people were serving other people people with problems Jesus' mission was for people. So that should also be our mission, I think. People. Not things. <clears throat> Luke 19.10 For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Or was lost. Jesus came and is seeking to save those that are lost. A missionary. Us as Christians, we should also seek the people that are lost. John fifteen sixteen. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of my Father in my name, he may give it to you. Question. What is the one of the most unselfish prayers that you can pray about people? When I think of the verse, it is not the Lord's will that any man perish. I think we are on the right track when we are praying for the lost people. It is God's will that the people are saved. From what? From hell. Right. Jesus speaks more about hell than just about the glory of heaven, and we are missing out on that. There are so many churches ignore that. Speak it then. Yep. 
So, that is a very unselfish prayer. If you pray for your family members or whoever it is that isn't saved, that they would be saved. <clears throat> you see, God chose you. We did not choose God, according to that verse. We probably chose to get out of bed this morning and go to work. But sometimes we miss the point. Sometimes we think we got this. But it's at those times when we can easily fall. And I wonder if we understand what Jesus is doing at those minutes, hours, days, whenever we are in trouble. And what do you think that Jesus is doing then? Waiting with open arms. Okay. Interceding for us. Interceding for us, that's right. Jesus is praying for us. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Romans 11.2 I think Jesus is praying for us. He's asking God to bless this person or help that person and be merciful to that person. Just on and on and on. How was Jesus' death and mission? <clears throat> Luke 9.51 And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. What was Jesus thinking at that time? He knew his time was up. His mission was accomplished as far as his teaching ministry. He knew he had to die. He knew he would be raised again to finish the mission. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. What do you think he was thinking? Well, he prayed in the garden, die will be done, not mine. That's right. Mm -hmm. We'll get to Isaiah a little later then. When Jesus was on earth, his words, his life, his death, were a mission accomplished. Think about it this way. What Jesus did drew people to himself. And what kind of people do you think were drawn to Jesus? Those that felt their need. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't the, the needy. Yeah, the needy. <coughs> Nate touched on a little bit tonight. People that were attracted to Jesus were seekers. They were sinners. And then, what I wanted to ask there 
is so if we are to follow the steps of Jesus then we too will seek out the sinners and the troubled and bring them to Jesus because we're followers of Jesus right Jesus was the best missionary. Jesus is still the best missionary. He is still converting people. He is still praying. We talked about that a little bit. We have all heard of dreams that people had that got converted. Jesus did that. So he's still a missionary. Did you ever wonder what for spiritual gift Jesus had? Answer. All of them. All of them, okay. I almost like that. You're almost happy to think so because he was totally perfect. Okay. Yeah. Mark is right. Jesus had them all. It talks a lot about compassion and mm -hmm. how he was moved with compassion. I often noted that, like people came and said he was moved with compassion. So. Mm -hmm. I think Jesus had all the gifts, but it's actually closer than that. Jesus was the gift and is the gift. Jesus practiced all the gifts. If it weren't for Jesus, we wouldn't have the spiritual gifts. Jesus is the gift. And, and I was so intrigued last night with Nate when he talked about the talents because some of us have more gifts than others. Jesus had them all. We are to be perfect like our Father in Heaven is perfect. Does that apply? Jesus was charged by the Father and accomplished His mission. The same is true for us today. Jesus charges us with a mission. And not only in Matthew 28, not only the Great Commission, it's our whole life, all through the Bible. It's, that's why I didn't know where to start and where to stop. It's just all the way through, mission. It's about humanity. <clears throat> One time our boys asked, us, asked me, who is the best teacher at Weavertown School? There's no teachers here, that's good. <laughs> and my answer was starting with one of the teachers down through all the teachers, they're all the best. They didn't like that really, but that's how it is. We have the best teachers at Weavertown School because they're all doing their best. So, 
the reason I said that is what age is the best age to be a missionary? What do you think? Hmm? Now. I was amazed already with babies. People just smell when they see a baby. That's what you do. Babies smell back. And for me, it makes me think of God. God, you're amazing. This little being. A young child can memorize. Our boys are doing quizzing right now. They can memorize nine chapters of scripture. That's amazing. Missionaries. A single person can help struggling friends. The list goes on and on. Married people can be a witness to their spouse and help them through life. And that list goes on and on. Old people, you have learned a lot in your life. Your wisdom can help people. When you're on your deathbed, or even in the casket, people will look at you and say, I want to be like her or like him. See, our life should always draw people to God. And it does. It is God's plan and God's design that our life would, would reflect people to God. Luke 24, 47. No, John 10, 15 to 18. And the Father knows me even as I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also must I bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be no, there shall not, there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doeth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it up, up from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of the Father. See, it was God's design for Jesus to die on the cross. God gave Jesus the commandment. Luke 24, 47. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in my name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now when you think of missions, I think of far away. But here... Beginning at Jerusalem can also mean starting at home. Can somebody be a good missionary <coughs> far away if they're not at home? No. Nope. Let's go to 1 Peter 3, 10 to 15. And I'm going to read it in the ESV. <clears throat> For whoever desires to, to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil 
and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor, tr nor be troubled. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. So some of us have family that don't believe in Jesus and friends. Here we see we must follow Jesus' words of being respectful and gentle to those that don't believe in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> A true story. <clears throat> Jesus believed in the life of obedience and not performance. A boy came home from school. His father looked at his report card and said, Son, you did good with getting so many A-pluses. It pleased the son and made him feel good about himself. The next time the father complimented him again for the good, good that he did with getting all the A-pluses. The next time the father complimented him again. After a while, the son started struggling with his lessons and getting bad grades. So what happened? The father no longer encouraged him for his A-pluses because he was no longer getting them. So the son was getting deprived and started cheating to get more A-pluses. And sure enough, he got more, more compliments and was encouraged. But something awful happened next. The father found out that the son was cheating and took him home and disciplined him. That's a true story. If we want to be a performance-based people, we should only encourage the people that do good. Our churches are full of people that are discouraged and are not doing well. It is danger if we, if we <coughs> preach the performance gospel or teach the performance at our schools or as parents, it's very important. If we only encourage when people do good, we're going to turn into performance people. We need to encourage each other. So who needs more encouragement, a person that's struggling or a person that is doing well? And the answer is obvious, both. We all need encouragement. So if we look at the life of Christ, we look at, we look at Jesus as a good-looking man, a good speaker, and had everything together. 
But before we get to that point, the Bible makes it clear that King David and King Saul were good looking. However, Isaiah 53 point, paints a different picture about Jesus. I'll read that in the ESV. Verse 2 to 4. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. I'm a farmer, so I know how corn looks if it's dry. He had no form of majesty that, was, that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was desired, he was, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and we <coughs> esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our <coughs> sorrows, yet we esteemed him not, stricken by God and afflicted. Yet Jesus was the best, <coughs> best missionary. I don't think he was good looking. I don't even think he had everything together. I don't think he was a very good speaker. But people were drawn to him. Why? Because he cared. That's right. He had compassion. <clears throat> so when times of trouble come, not if they come, but when they come, and there's no way but walk through the valley, can we say with Jesus, when before he went to the cross, not my will, but mine always, not my will be done, but yours be done. Yeah. Jesus accomplished what we couldn't. 